It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand, and this week we are bursting at the seams. For the week of February 6, 2014, show number 62, we have all kinds of fun, because not only is it my birthday, as my children have made sure to remind me all week long that my birthday was coming up, it is my birthday today, and what better way to celebrate it than by visiting the set of Walt Before Mickey. That's right, this all-new film that is currently in production, and we are going to be stopping in throughout the show all show long with many of the actors and people behind the film. We have such people stopping in here this week like John Heater, who you might know from Napoleon Dynamite and Blades of Glory. He's playing Roy Disney in the film Walt Before Mickey. We also have Thomas Ian Nicholas. You may remember him as Kenneth from American Pie, Rookie of the Year, Kid in King Arthur's Court, and many other great classics as he's portraying our beloved Uncle Walt in Walt Before Mickey. We have the executive producer and writer Arthur Bernstein stopping in and many others from the set of Walt Before Mickey, and it doesn't end there. Like I said, D-Heads, we are just exploding here this week at the show. We also have a full D-Team house here this week. We have Aaron dipping his hand into the virtual mailbag and answering all your questions with I Want to Know. We also have Lexi back, our D-Team member from Down Under. She is back from her vacation here in the States, and she is getting down and at it with the Hollywood Walk with more about our very special guests here this week. We also have Paige returning with the Magical Music Review, as she's going to take a look into some great Disney classic tunes. And let's not forget Ken, as he's going to bring you some vintage Disney classics with Walt's music. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and many other things. The show might be slightly different here this week, all of you D-heads. Things are exploding. They are off the charts. Now, because it is my birthday, I'm not one to self-indulge into birthdays, but my children said I have to kick off the show with a birthday track. So I gave them four Disney tracks to choose from, and this is the one they chose. So let's officially kick off show number 62 for the week of February 6, 2014, in true fashion, as we gear up to be from the set of Walt Before Mickey with John Heater, Thomas Ian Nicholas, and many others. Be right back, all of you D-heads. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
Bill Ducks, 50th Birthday Parade. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. In 1964, on opening night of Mary Poppins, Walter Elias Disney had reached the pinnacle of his career. The man who arrived in Hollywood some 40 years earlier with a half finished cartoon in his suitcase had become one of the leading figures of film entertainment. I tried to convince her I was uh, capable of making a, a 
picture with uh, live actors as well as cartoons. I didn't know what she thought. Who was Walt Disney? Even those who worked with him for years often struggled to define the man. For many, he remains an enigma. Two years after the Mary Poppins premiere, Walt was dead, and the enigma began to pass into myth. Troubles go. Just keep on singing all day long. Hi ho, I hope, I hope, I hope. For if you're feeling low, you positively can't go wrong with high. I hope, I hope, I hope. It's home from work we go. Yeah. I Seven in a row With a high, high ho Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Nice 
Alright all of you D-heads, so you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand, and this week, yes, it is my birthday. Thank you all for the birthday wishes so far. They have been coming in since yesterday, and it truly is flattering that many of you remembered, you know, whether that be personal emails, everybody posting on Facebook and Twitter, thank you. It truly was appreciated, and thank all my children for uh, picking that song to kick off the show. Now, as I mentioned, the show is going to be slightly different here this week. We have a jam packed show. For show number 62 for the week of February 6th, 2014. Now, we have a complete D team here. Yes, we have Aaron, Lexi, Paige, and Ken all stopping in here, and we're going to be coming at you throughout the show with different guests and stars of Walt Before Mickey, the newest film that is currently in production that tells about Walt Disney's early days of his career before he came up with the infamous Mickey Mouse. Yes, Walt Before Mickey is currently in production, and we're going to be visiting the set all show long with such stars as John Heater, who you may know from Napoleon Dynamite and Blades of Glory. He's portraying Roy Disney in the film, and we also have Thomas Ian Nichols who is portraying Walt Disney, and you may remember him from Rookie of the Year, American Pie, and many other classics. So they're going to be stopping in here live from the set, and we also have the executive producer and writer of the film, Arthur L. Bernstein, stopping in as well. So we have a lot of great things on the horizon. So I'm not going to talk too long here this week, LVD heads, but I will tell you different ways you can stay connected here at the show, and you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our fullest the past shows, our archives, and more right there on the homepage. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio or Disney Blue. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to jump into a little bit of news here. And when I say a little bit, I really weeded out news because there's so many different things going on. I mean, come on, even the Olympics are kicking off. And we have a lot of Olympic tidbits here this week in the show. So, how about an all-new animated preschool series, Ella the Elephant, making its U.S. TV debut on Monday, February 17th on the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. That's right, this series is aimed at preschoolers and it models a hero helper with a quiet self-confidence of adventure to save the day. That's right, Ella the Elephant is an all-new animated preschool series about an adventurous elephant and her magic hat. And it's going to make its U.S. television debut on Monday, February 17th on Disney Channel and Disney Junior. Now, the series is going to air weekdays on both of those channels as well as weekends on Disney Junior. Now, Ella the Elephant is a new charming and whimsical animated preschool series based on the award-winning Ella the Elegant Elephant book series created and illustrated by Carmela D'Amico and Steve D'Amico. Now, the series follows the adventures of Ella and her friends on Elephant Island. Now, Ella is a spirited little elephant with a big heart, bigger imagination, and a magic hat that can transform her into almost anything. Now, every day there's a fantastic new adventure as Ella and her friends, Frankie, Belinda, and Tiki, get themselves into tricky situations. With a little determination, teamwork, and some few mishaps, and a touch of magic, Ella and her friends work everything out in the end. Now, the premiere episode is going to be Ella's Got Talent that will be airing, and it's time for the school's big talent show, and everybody's got a special act to perform, except for Ella. With some encouragement of her friends, she tries playing music, singing, dancing, and even puppetry, but nothing fits her talents. Then, 
Mrs. Briggs asks Ella to come up with something clever for introductions of each of the shows, and Ella delivers. It's going to be a great series that is going to be taking off on the Disney Channel, and the series stars voice actresses Addison Holly, who's playing Ella, and Avery Kaddish, who's playing Tiki. There's a lot of great things, so look out for Ella the Elephant premiering February 17th on the Disney Channel. Now, moving forward, how about getting online in Disney's Club Penguin? Yes, Disney's Club Penguin is the number one virtual world for kids, and it's launching the global It Starts With You safety campaign to give kids and families the information and resources they need to navigate for more safety online. Yes, the It Starts With You campaign is developed primarily for tweens and parents of tweens, and it's Club Penguin's most ambitious and expansive online safety campaign ever. It's going to span across multiple platforms, including placements on Disney Channel and Disney's online destinations. It's going to have integrations in the virtual world of Club Penguin, as well as real-world direct-to-kid components by working with leading online safety and educational organizations. Now, It Starts With You online safety campaign is going to include a branded campaign on Disney Channel, multilingual safety tips for kids on how to protect their information and be respectful to others while online, also printable activity sheets and online safety PSA starring G Hanalis and printable safety pledges. Now the question is no longer relevant whether kids should be online, but how to prepare them for the social online world, says the vice president of Clem Penguin. It Starts With You is about empowering kids and their parents with the information they need to play actively and educate them to be online safely. Now the campaign is going to focus kids on how to be cool by respecting others online and don't post anything that could be harmful or hurtful. To be heard, if they see anything online that worries them, speak up, tell a parent or an adult, and to be safe, protect their personal information online and do not share private details. Now this is a fantastic step for Disney and Club Penguin and I look forward to it. So all of you D-heads, yes, that is it. That is all I'm telling you for news here this week. As I mentioned, I am keeping it short. It's not going to be my usual news stint. We have a huge, huge show. It's going to be slightly different. So if you are a new listener, it's going to be a slightly different show here this week, but it is going to be fun. So before I let you go, all of you D-heads, and release the reins to the D-team and many others as I gear up for Walt before Mickey, because I already see the phone lines flashing here. Arthur's trying to call in live from the set. We have Aaron with I Want to Know and many other goodies. I just want to mention that Disney DizRadio.com is sponsored by Pixie Vacations, and the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and Vacation by Disney and make it the most magical that you can have. Definitely check it out and let them help you plan your ultimate vacation. PixieVacations.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to take a drink. I'm going to have to answer these calls, and we are going to get ready because we are going to have a lot of people stopping in all show long from the set of Walt Before Mickey. Get ready, all of you D-heads, and uh, take it away, D-team. It's a tick-tock-clock in the 
Questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone had a great Super Bowl weekend. I always love the commercials, and the Toyota one with the Muppets is one of my favorites. Let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. First question is from DizFan82. Jen, and she writes, The question I have is regarding the Disney Channel show, Even Stevens. In the show, the mom I swear I have seen on TV from my childhood. I tried Google and nothing was sparking. Maybe you can help. The only thing I recall was I think the show involved aliens or an alien dad or something. Thank you for the help. Keep up the great work. Well, Even Stevens aired on the Disney Channel for a total of three seasons and 65 episodes from June 17, 2000 to June 13, 2003. The show followed the lives of the Stevenses, a Jewish family living in Sacramento, California, mainly focusing on the clashing personalities of the two younger siblings, Louis and Renee. This show is often cited as launching the career of Shia LaBeouf. The mother on the show was Eileen Stevens, a Jewish-American state senator who launched an unsuccessful campaign for U.S. House of Representatives. She was played by Donna Pescow. Donna first appeared in the movie Saturday Night Fever, and she also appeared in such shows as The Love Boat, Fancy Island, and Mr. Belvedere, among many others. The show you're referring to, Jen, was called Out of This World. It aired on NBC from September 17, 1987 to May 25, 1991. The series revolves around Evie Ethel Garland, a young girl who discovers on her 13th birthday that her father is an alien named Troy from the planet Antarius, who married her mother and merged life forms to create Evie. Evie's half-alien heritage gives her superhuman abilities. Most of the episodes evolve around Evie misusing her powers and causing some trouble, which she spends the rest of the episode trying to fix. Only Evie and her family know about her alien father and her powers, and many episodes depict Evie trying to hide her secret from other characters. Donna Pescal also played the mother in this show, Donna Garland. She ran a school for gifted children, which Evie attended. She later founded her own catering company, Donna's Delights, and later she became mayor of Marlowe. Well, Donna is still acting today and appeared in a TV movie last year called Holiday Road Trip. Our next question comes from Tom Michaels of Georgia, and he writes, Aaron, I want to know about Song of the South. How many releases 
were there at the movie theaters theatrically. I think I remember seeing it in 1986 possibly, but how many times has it been? Also, are there any official soundtrack releases out there, either LP, CD, anything? Well, Song of the South is a great movie that's gotten a bad rap in my opinion. Song of the South is a 1946 live-action-slash-animated musical film based on Uncle Remus stories, collected by Joel Chandler Harris. It was Disney's first feature film using live actors. The film is set in the Reconstruction era of Georgia. Uncle Remus is an African-American former slave who tells the folktales of the adventures of Br'er Rabbit and his friends. The song zippity Doodah won the 1947 Academy Award for Best Song, and of course, the movie-inspired Splash Mountain. Song of the South was re-released in theaters several times after its original Walt Disney Pictures RKO picture premiere, each time through Buena Vista Pictures. It was released in 1956, in 1972 for Disney's 50th anniversary, in 1973 as the second half of a double bill with the Aristocats, in 1980 for the 100th anniversary of Harris's classic stories, and in 1986 for the film's own 40th anniversary and in promotion of the upcoming Splash Mountain attraction at three of Disney's theme parks. The complete movie has never been fully released for home video in the U.S. As far as the soundtrack, it is currently only on out-of-print albums. All the songs from Walt Disney's Uncle Remus was released in 1963. It contains all nine songs from the movie, minus the instrumentals. The first release is Song of the South in 1956. It is generally considered one of the most valuable Disney records, being the first soundtrack ever released on the Disneyland label, which makes it hard to find. Four of the movie's nine songs have been released on CD in the box set entitled Classic Disney, but that's it. There are copies of the LP on Amazon and eBay, for those of you who love this movie, go to songofthesouth.net for some great content. Well, our final question this week comes from Nikolai F. of Australia, and he writes, So, Dizrady, you guys like to answer questions, so I'm going to try to make it hard for you. So here I go. There used to be a show in Mickey's Birthday Land. It starred many of the characters before they made it a store, so my question is, what were all the characters featured? Well, I always love a good challenge. Mickey's Birthday Land opened on June 18, 1988 at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. It became Mickey's Starland on May 26, 1990 and was briefly renamed Mickey's Toyland in late 1995. The land was closed in early 1996 for an extensive refurbishment and on October 1, 1996 it reopened as Mickey's Toontown Fair for the park's 25th anniversary. Its storyline portrayed the land as the holiday home for the characters who reside at Mickey's Toontown in California. Mickey's Toontown Fair was closed on February 11, 19, excuse me, February 11, 2011, in order to build the Fantasyland expansion. The show you're referring to was called Minnie's Surprise Party. It took place in her kitchen, and it featured the Fab Five, Chip and Dale, and other cast member participants. Of course, in true goofy fashion, you can imagine who almost ruins the whole thing. Mickey's Birthday Land was intended to be temporary. It was intended to be removed at the end of the 60th birthday celebration. However, in 1989, a decision was made to keep the new land as it proved to be more popular than they had predicted. Thus, plans were set in motion to retheme this area and lose the birthday motif. 
And of course, in Disney terms, they repurposed it. There are some great videos on YouTube of the land and the surprise party. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions. Keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. See you next week, D-Heads. Mr. Blue, 
birds on my shoulder. It's the truth. It's actual. Everything is satisfactory. Zip-a-dee-doo-dah. Zip-a-dee-ay. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Yes, sir. Zip-a-dee-doo-dah. Zip-a-dee-ay. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It's the truth, it's action. Everything is satisfaction. Zip a dee da, zip a dee Wonderful feeling, feeling this way. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. It is the truth. It's action. Huh? Why is that bluebird? Mm-hmm. Everything is satisfaction. Zip-a-dee-doo-da. Zip-a-dee-ay. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Seven hundred and sixteen years ago, within the shadow of beautiful Mount Olympus in the land of ancient Greece, was born an institution known as the Olympic Games. Emblematic of these glorious athletic festivals is the torchbearer, who down through the ages has carried aloft the precious flame to the far corners of the earth. Rome, Egypt, India, China, through forests and trackless wastes, over mountains and sea, down to the present day. The ritual of the Olympiads demands that this heroic flame shall not become extinguished, but shall be kept burning at all costs, serving as a beacon whose unfailing light shall guide all athletes in fair play and clean sportsmanship. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Hey D-Heads, I'm so happy to be joining you once again today. I have recently returned home to Sydney after my trip of a lifetime. I was so lucky to get to adventure all the way across the US to none other than New York City and 
back to the happiest place on earth, <laughs> Disneyland. I always love going to Disneyland and this visit was no different. We were non-stop on the go and barely had a second to watch the parade. Although, I must say, Mickey is an incredible drummer in the Disneyland Sensational Parade. I really was impressed. <laughs> now, I am so happy to get to continue my research and learning about the different members of the Disney family. This week is particularly special, as we don't only have one special guest, but three. Wow, <laughs> when does that happen? So, it's a pretty full show today. And I'm so excited and glad that I didn't miss this show while I was away. So, who are these special guests? Well, we are joined by actors Thomas Ian Nicholas and John Hedder, and by director and producer Arthur L. Bernstein. I will fill you in on their connection and what they mean for Disney a little bit later. Nonetheless, I have done three times my usual amount of research <laughs> and I will try to keep my Hollywood Walk of Fame a bit lighter today as I would hate to overwhelm all you D-heads with just too much information and fun. So let's get started. First we have Mr. Thomas Ian Nicholas. To be honest, I'm not even sure where to start. Thomas is so talented and busy that I am just overwhelmed with information myself. Not only is he a great film actor, but he's also a singer, musician, director, writer and producer. Wow! Thomas has appeared in films like Rookie of the Year as the character Henry, and he was in The National Lampoon Presents Cattle Call, and you probably most recognise him from playing Kevin Myers in the American Pie series. So get this, Thomas was born in Las Vegas, which is one of my favourite cities in the whole world by the way, and is of Italian, German, English and Irish descent. Talk about a fantastic combination of cultures. So when Thomas is not on the big screen, like I mentioned before, he has so many different elements of his life. For instance, he has appeared in some really cool TV movies. These include playing none other than Frank Sinatra Jr. in the Showtime movie Stealing Sinatra, and he also co-starred in Halloween Resurrection. He's also worked on shows like Grey's Anatomy and Medium. So what else does this week's special guest do? Well, since 2008, Thomas has released three albums, including Without Warning back in 2008, Heroes Are Human in 2010, and the most recent is a self-titled EP which was actually released in 2012. So I guess that is what happens when you are really dedicated, don't mind being super busy, and you love playing the guitar. <laughs> I think it's so great that this week's special guest has such a variety of achievements. These achievements have been piling up over the years, ever since Thomas was quite young in fact. So Thomas actually got his first role when he was a child because his mother, then a casting director, needed to fill the role of an older boy 
and Thomas suited that perfectly. From then on, in his earlier days, this week's special guest worked on so many classic American family TV shows. These include Who's the Boss, Baywatch, Married with Children, Dr. Quinn, and the Honey I Shrunk the Kids TV show. And trust me, the list goes on. He even taught himself to play violin for his role as a love interest of Claudia's on the show Party of Five. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Thomas also now directs and writes. So it was in 2004 that he made his directorial and writing debut with the film L.A.D.J. I read that the story involves two talented brothers who live in a small town trailer park but have a dream of becoming world famous club DJs. So they go to LA and try to break into the club scene but wind up DJing bar mitzvahs with their uncle. <laughs> that sounds interesting for sure. So this week's first special guest, Thomas Ian Nicholas, is definitely talented and versatile. Well, Disney sure is lucky to have him. Alright, we must move on. So now, we have all seen that unexpected cult hit, Napoleon Dynamite, from back in 2004. So I'm sure most of us are familiar with the incredibly talented Mr. John Hedder. I know that I have watched that movie so many times that I could probably play it in my sleep. <laughs> Can you believe that the film was so popular that John won the MTV Movie Award for Best Musical Performance and Breakthrough Male Performance? And the character now also has its own animated series. Pretty cool, huh? And John also lends his voice to that. This week's special guest, John Hedder, is fantastic and so down to earth. He really seems at home in his skin, no matter if he is playing a somewhat dorky high schooler or a one-of-a-kind ice skater with Will Farrell. <laughs> in Blades of Glory, that is. So John is an actor, a voice actor, and a filmmaker. He can do it all. In terms of being on screen, we have seen his talents in so many comedies and family movies like The Sashwats Gang, The Benchwarmers, School for Scoundrels, Blades of Glory, and Mama's Boy. And John's voice acting is also incredibly successful. We can hear his voice in animated features like Monster House and as Chicken Joe in the film Surf's Up. Now for us D-heads, we can also hear John's voice in the character Seth in the Epic Mickey 2 game. And get this, John has even adventures into web television, as back in 2008, he created the series Woke Up Dead. Not only did he star in the show, but he produced it too. Now that is awesome. Even more cool, John actually worked with his twin brother on another internet show, a martial arts comedy series called Sock Baby. Talk about versatility. I would definitely check that one out if I were you. Now, before John became a household name, he was born in Colorado to Swedish loving parents. And he has five siblings, one being his identical twin brother. 
how cool is that? And as John grew up, he committed himself to the school drama club and even the swim team. And after a successful high school career, he graduated from South Salem High School in the late 1990s. A few years after finishing his further studies, John spent some more time at the Brigham Young University, working on the short, computer-generated, animated film Pet Shop. With his success starting straight away, John's work with that team earned him a non-traditional animation student Emmy Award in 2005. So it's John's almost awkward sense of humour that is just so fun to watch and enjoy that makes us always laughing with him and not at him. He just always knows how to make it work. And in his personal life, John has a son and a daughter and has spent a great deal of time completing missionary work in Japan. So for over 10 years now, this lovely and kind-hearted comedian has been making us laugh. And I think that's wonderful. So last but not least, Arthur L. Bernstein is a multi-award winning filmmaker. We are so lucky to have him here today. And here is some background information on this week's final special guest. Before his career took off, this week's special guest attended Cardigan Mountain, Brewster Academy and Palm Beaches Gardens High School, which he also graduated from with honours. He also appeared in the Superforce TV show in the 1980s, and after this, Arthur became passionate about filmmaking and was so successful in school that he earned a scholarship at the University of Miami. And it was here that he achieved his Bachelor of Arts in Motion Picture and Theatre Production with a minor in Marketing. Now this wonderful achievement allowed this week's special guest to direct a wide variety of entertaining and also educational things. These include a wealth of commercials and infomercials. And this week's special guest has also worked on various Happy Madison features at the Sony Studios in California. And more recently, this week's special guest has produced a TV show called The Screening Room. And this enables people from all over the world to have their student films and other films to be screened and shown to wider audiences. That's pretty fantastic if you ask me. So when he is not directing or producing, this week's final special guest is either spending time with his sons or watching his favourite sports teams, the Miami Heat, the New York Yankees and the Miami Dolphins. So now that we know a little bit about each of our special guests, we need to know what brings them together and what do they have to do with our much-loved Disney. Well, a new film is currently in the making. It is called Walt Before Mickey. This is possibly the most exciting thing I have heard for a long time. John and Thomas are acting and Arthur is both co-writing and executive producing. So the internet tells me that the film is based on the book Walt Before Mickey and it goes over the early years of Walt Disney's career. A fascinating time indeed. So with the work of these three special guests and their incredibly talented team, 
including Jodie Sweetum, we will all get to learn a little bit more about the man that we all adore. So John will be portraying a young Roy Disney, and Thomas will be playing none other than Walt himself. I definitely need to get my hands on a copy of that book, and I can't wait to see the film. I know that the talent of this week's special guests and their new team will make this film something special. So thank you, special guests. Without you, Disney would not be the same. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. It's Disney On Demand. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. 
All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week is somebody that is going to leave his mark in the Disney legacy. You may know him from a variety of different things like Napoleon Dynamite, Blades of Glory, Just Like Heaven. And now he's going to be everybody's favorite brother, Roy Disney, in the upcoming production of Walt Before Mickey. We have none other than John Heater here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your resume and, you know, all the different things that you've done, of course, with your breakout role with Napoleon Dynamite and, you know, being in such great comedy classics like Blades of Glory. And now, Walt before Mickey. I mean, everybody is on the Walt Disney frontier now with Saving Mr. Banks. And, uh, you know, it seems like now it's uncharted territory. And Walt before Mickey, uh, you know, that's a great story right there. I guess what brought you into this production as portraying everybody's favorite brother, Roy Disney? Well, I read the script. Uh, I was I went in actually for the audition, and um, and they flew me out. I guess <laughs> how it happened. Um, I, you know, I, Walt uh, Roy Disney plays the is you know kind of the more awkward looking brother of the two, and that's what I'm used to playing is awkward characters. And uh, but it was it was really fun because. Um, you know, everybody in so many of these biopic films, you always have this, you know, this dreamer character, the main character who really has a big vision and thinks big, and but they always have their rock and their support that's next to them. And so often in films, it's family, whether it be a wife or a brother or a father, a mother. In this case, I think his brother was really there to kind of help see him along the way and really compliment him in the areas that he wasn't good at. You know, Walt Disney was a very uh, driven guy and also very spontaneous and not as responsible financially. And so, you know, Roy was there who was a little bit more practical and was able to stand along the way. Well, you know, and that's like you said, it's one of those things where there always is that person in the background, that person that is their, uh, I guess, their support, the person that's going to help keep their uh, feet on the ground and move them forward. Now, you said, you know, you saw the script, you read for it, tried out, they flew you out, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I guess now when it came up to uh, being Roy Disney, now, I guess, how much of a Disney fan are you? You know, how familiar were you with, uh, you know, Walt and Roy's story and, you know, tackling this kind of thing that's, you know, before Mickey Mouse was ever even, you know, thought of? Well, I mean, I, I didn't know a ton of the story. I, I was familiar enough. I mean, I've always been a Disney fan and found it very fascinating. And looking a little bit, obviously, in researching this role and getting more into it, and uh, I looked it up and, and checked out more of the history and, and their story, but I wasn't as familiar. I always knew about Roy and Walt, and I knew how Roy had picked up the company after Walt had passed away. And so I knew he was, you know, tied closely to the company and to his brother's legacy and trying, you know, help Disney become, I mean, and in researching, boy, you really, uh, you truly understand how much, how important he was in creating the empire of Disney. Uh, because Walt was only able to see so much, but boy was able to uh, set up, you know, all the other companies and help See Disney World through and, uh, financially just turns, turned it into this juggernaut. And, uh, I think, um, and all that, you know, I kind of had a sense of, but I didn't truly know until. 
the script and looking at the source material. Well, you know, and, you know, getting into character, that's going to lead me to my next question. And, you know, portraying Roy, um, you know, doing the research as every good actor does, you know, most people, they always figure, hey, here's John, you know, this comedian, Napoleon Dynamite, uh, you know, Blades of Glory, this comedic role. And then you look at Roy Disney, and it's the total opposite end of the spectrum. I guess, is this the kind of role that you're just, uh, eager to jump into that's something different a little more i guess a little more serious a little more drama based as uh you know as we're all getting older you know you, you don't always want to be the uh the uh, moonwalk and dance in napoleon dynamite uh, i guess uh how how was it uh jumping into you know something a little more drama based i think it was great i was really excited to do it because here you know i'm always looking for more dramatic roles and more and this not while it's, while it's not a heavy drama it really it's portraying, it's unlike any project I've done, doing biopics is a very different deal. And it's not just a biopic, it's, it's really just the early years. It doesn't cover his entire life. It's just the early years. It's a period piece. So you're really, you know, traveling through time and, and getting into the wardrobe and into the time period. But I really enjoy, you know, I enjoy portraying. I and mean, we're in the middle of production now, so I can't sit in the past. But it's really fun because I get to play a little bit more straight and the more level-headed and, and instead of the um, the guy who's a little bit uh, not quite sure about what he's doing, that's the Walt character. He's a little unsure. He's got his vision, but the clouds haven't completely parted yet. And here's Roy kind of helping him along the way. And, uh, and that's something I can relate to, but also something very different from what I've played. Well, you know, definitely, you know, and you're with, you know, like you said, you're with a lot of great actors, uh, you know, like Thomas Nicholas, you know, a, gar- a lot of great actors in there. And like you said, it's a period piece. And being a period piece, that's a little bit different than many roles that you've done. I guess, uh, how is it working on this where, you know, there is a definite time period, you know, it's a biopic. It's something that you really have to set that tone. Is it, you know, a really fun vibe on the set? Is it, you know, kind of surreal being in something where, you know, now you're set, you know, turn of the century, completely different than. And, uh, you know, our Siri, Apple-based technology nowadays? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny if you were to see everybody in costume kind of walking around with their iPhones between breaks. But and it, and it really helps you realize how different our time is and has become. But it, it's challenging to really try to put yourself into that mindset. Um, but absolutely, like, worth it because, again, to be a part of this the story of the Disney legacy. I mean, again, I, I grew up on it, and I, and so when I tell people about the project, I'm like, well, it's Roy Disney, and they may not, not everybody out there knows exactly who Roy is, but you hear the name Disney, you know exactly what you're getting. Definitely. Now, you know, being on the set with a lot of great, you know, cast and crew and producers and all the people involved with it, um, is there any fun moments on the set? Now, I know it's still in production, so, you know, many of that has to come tight-lipped, but is there any fun things, even off the set, uh, you know, hanging out with everybody or any hijinks or um, any moments so far that have proven to be memorable that you're going to take away from this experience? Um, I think uh, it's been pretty fun. I taught everybody on the set about geocaching. Um, and so if you don't know what that is, you'll have to look it up. I'm also <laughs> locking a, a commercial for it, but we started treasure hunting all around the set. And wherever we uh, go to a new location, we're looking for these little geocachers. Uh, and uh, again, I won't say any more, um, but that was a lot of fun because I had the producers kind of 
off their jobs and they're like, well, they should be going out and, uh, you know, planning the next shot and, and crunching numbers and stuff like that. But instead they're hunting, uh, geofaxes with me. And so I've done my job in, uh, properly, uh, distracting the producers. <laughs> Now, you know, with this film, Walt Before Mickey, you know, uh, you know, portraying such an iconic character, you know, as Roy Disney, um, you know, I guess, you know, we've tackled, you know, your how you've gone about researching it and doing things. Is there any bit of leeriness on your part as to how the Disney community is going to take to the film? Because, you know, let's admit it, they they are uh, uh, hard people to please sometimes and nitpick about a lot of different things. I mean, I think, you know, perfect role. Uh, you know, the minute they told us that you were playing Roy Disney, I'm like, that's a perfect match i could see the similarities uh you know but i guess uh, is there anything on your i guess on, on the edge of your seat as how they're going to take it from your end um i can only hope they take it well <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i'm just so focused on my performance and i don't really truly thought uh i mean yeah every time you you play and portray someone that has already been established for sure. Everybody's always curious, like, well, who's going to play Elvis in the Elvis movie? Or who's going to play so and so? And everybody has their preconceived notion, right? I think they have a little bit more of that with Disney, with Walt himself. But I think with Roy, you know, with because there isn't tons of documentation, there isn't uh, wasn't a lot of public appearances by himself. I have more creative uh, room. I have, I have more room uh, for creative interpretation. Very good. I mean, that's that's a good way of looking at it. Like you said, you know, it's not like Walt where he was in front of the camera constantly. You know, you're more of the the backbone behind everything. Now, this wasn't your first venture into into Disney, being part of like Epic Mickey and many other things like that. Um, you know, with uh, your path of films, I guess, uh, with anything on the horizon uh, after you're finished with Walt before Mickey, is there anything else that you're going to currently be uh, moving on with or heading back with that you can let us in for? Uh, you know, for two. 2014 as well. Uh, I mean, there's a couple uh, other independent films that I shot last year. <clears throat> I shot last year that I hope uh, will be coming out this year. So to keep our eyes open for that. Very cool. Now, I guess in wrapping up, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of great things about this film. You know, like I said, there is, since it's in production, we can only say so much. We've seen the production still so far. Is there any one scene so far that you have shot? that is proving to be your absolute favorite that you've been participating in so far, I guess, without giving too much away? Hmm. I think, um, I think, you know, well, yeah, without giving, I mean, but we all kind of know the story. Uh, but there's a, there's a scene in the theater, uh, it's towards the end of the movie, and it's going to have the whole cast there, and we're all watching our work and our blood, sweat, and tears up there on the screen. And there's a really nice shot of Walt, who's kind of looking around at everybody, and you see it in his eyes, and you see this great moment where he knows he's done it. It's, it's almost like he's a moment of a man who's glimpsing into the future. You can kind of see not only his dreams have been coming true, but seeing a glimpse of the even bigger dreams that will be coming true. Very cool. You know, I'm very excited about this film. Now, I guess, uh, uh, stepping aside from the film, but being connected, um, as you said, you are a, as you said, you are a Disney fan and uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Now, is this movie one of those things where it's making you want to go ahead and uh, definitely visit the parks? And if so, what is your favorite thing about visiting any Disney park? Well, I normally love to go to the parks. Um, <laughs> 
And, uh, what's my favorite thing? Well, I've never been to Disney World. We're, I mean, we're shooting here right in Orlando, so I'm hoping I get a chance to go there. But, uh, my favorite part, um, probably my favorite part. I mean, you know, the, the Magic Kingdom, Pirates of the Caribbean really has always been my favorite ride. Love, uh, the, you know, Tom Sawyer's Island, the, the pirates there, and just kind of the world is crazy and how, you kind of, you know, you're transported into, uh, through time. Um, I love Adventureland and just like tiki torches at night. It's so cool and magical. I don't know why. <laughs> and, uh, I guess with sticking with Disney, one more thing too is, uh, you know, being a veteran of film like yourself and being an actor, what is your absolute favorite Disney film to date? Mm. That that is a tough one. My favorite one to date. I, you know, growing up, I just really loved Robin Hood and Ben Knobs and Boomsticks. Great choices, you know. It's uh, I think I think I think it's the age thing, you know. We're 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 in similar age, so I think it was just that era. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think that's what it is. Although, you know, like Wally and, and Incredible is a close second. Well, you know, it was our pleasure speaking with you. So many great things going on. Walt before Mickey. You know, it's coming out hopefully to uh, uh, get released sometime this summer we're looking forward to. I'm pretty excited for this. Um, is there any lasting words that you want to leave for all your fans out there, um, you know, who are fans of everything from your career and looking forward to Walt before Mickey? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, gonna leave, you're, you're just going to leave it there and say, all right, just keep your eyes open and look for Roy Disney. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Roy Disney. Uh, hope they enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. It was our pleasure having you stopping in, and we're looking forward to seeing Roy Disney on the big screen with Walt Before Mickey. And now your host, Walt Disney. Ah, uh, look pretty, Julie. You know, this is uh, Disneyland's 10th anniversary. And I'd like to introduce Miss Julie Reams, who has been chosen as Disneyland's official ambassador this anniversary year. How do you do? And I must say the judges showed good judgment. Thank you, Walt. Julie will be representing us all over the world, and she's well qualified. She's one of Disneyland's tour guides. And this is a tour guide costume, a sort of a jockey-like costume with a riding crop. And sometimes you're referred to as guest jockeys, isn't that right? Right. Now tell me, Julie, what do you tell the people about our future plans? Actually, I don't know too much about them, but I do know that there is a great deal of excavation going on in Disneyland. But I would like to know a lot more if I could. You've come to the right place.
Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here, finally back for the first Magical Music Review of 2014. Sorry it's taken so long, but you know how life can be. This week we're going to look at one of my favorite soundtracks, the 1973 classic, Robin Hood. The score was composed by George Bruns, and the songs were written by Roger Miller, Johnny Mercer, and Floyd Huddleston. Let's head to Sherwood Forest and see what Alan Dale has for us to listen to. Uda Lolly is sung by Roger Miller, the voice of Alan Dale. It is one of three songs he sings in the film. The song pretty much tells the daily life of Robin Hood and Little John. It has a single guitar for the instrumental and has a fairly simple melody. Its simplicity is what draws me to it. But while I love the beautiful orchestration of other pieces, I also enjoy the simple ones. Take a listen. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodalolly, oodalolly, golly, what a day. Never ever thinking there was danger in the water they were drinking, they just guzzled it down. Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse was a-watching them and gathering around. Robin Hood and Little John running through the forest, jumping fences, dodging trees, and trying to get away. Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally making it. Oodle-lolly, oodle-lolly, golly, what a day. Oodle-lolly, oodle-lolly, golly, what a day. Phil Harris is known for voicing the other Disney characters of Thomas O'Malley and Baloo, but he also voiced another bear as well, Little John. Little John has a song in the film entitled The Phony King of England. The song is the cast's way of making fun of Prince John, the thumb-sucking, tax-collecting Prince of Nottingham. The scene itself is a dance number and a celebration after the events of the archery tournament. The song is more up-tempo than Udalali and has a great assortment of instruments. Enjoy this fun tune. Oh, the world will sing of an English king a thousand years from now. And not because he passed some laws or had that lofty brow. While Bonnie Good King Richard leads the great crusade he's on. We'll all have to slave away for that good-for-nothing John. Incredible as he is inept, whenever the history books are kept, they'll call him the phony king of England. Apart from the phony king of England. Every Disney film needs a good love song, whether it is sung or is instrumental. In Robin Hood, the song is simply titled, Love. Sung by Nancy Adams, it has a soft melody with the use of guitar, flutes, and a little bit of bells. This is Robin and Maid Marian's song. What I like about this song is that it doesn't directly reference the characters. 
it can be applied to any number of couples. The song was actually used in the 2009 film Fantastic Mr. Fox. Take a listen to this sweet song. It seems like only yesterday You were just a child at play Now you're all grown up inside of me Oh, how fast those moments flee Once we watched a lazy world go by the days seem to fly Life is brief But when it's gone Love goes on and on That's all I have time for this week. Hope you have enjoyed the return of the Magical Music Review. I do have an email now for the show, and I would love some feedback from all of you, and any requests or recommendations are more than welcome. Have a great week, D-Heads. Until next time, see ya!
Kitties, it's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> all right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again, and as you've noticed all show long, we have a lot of great things coming from Walt Before Mickey, the newest film in production, telling the tale of our favorite dreamers, uh, you know, as they make that, that their venture and their way to being you know, the icons that they are today. And with us here now, as we continue on this journey, is the executive writer, producer, Arthur L. Bernstein here with us. And he's going to help us go a little bit behind the scenes. You've already heard from some of the cast, the crew, and all the people behind the film. And now we have Arthur here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hey, thank you for having me, John. Oh, it is our pleasure having you on board here. You know, I mean, we are excited for this film. You know, the minute we saw it, you know, uh, the press release come out and we pumped it on our website, we were excited for this. You know, I am a big fan of the early years of Walt Disney. And I guess with that said, uh, I guess, how did it come about? How did the idea, the story, and everything fall into place? My partner, Armando, and I, we we met by accident at uh, Halloween Horror Nights, and uh, we started chatting and came to realization that there's never been a movie on Walt Disney made before. Especially especially the early years. You know, everybody ever talks about how many times he's failed and he kept persisting and they never nobody's ever done that. So we decided we you know, wrote the script and uh, we got the rights to this book, Walt before Mickey, by Tim Shannon and uh you know, now we're making it. We're doing it independently, like just like the way he would do it. Definitely, you know, and this is uh, this is a great story. I mean, there's a lot of you know great Walt Disney books out there, but this is actually one that was originally endorsed by Diane Disney and one of the only ones out there with that. Correct. Correct. You know, so it's, the, it's the only it's, it's the only it's the only book that that uh, that she ever endorsed about, about Walt Disney. Well, you know, and with that, you know, making it the script and pulling forward, and like you said, you know, having a, a story that's something that most people have never ventured into, and doing it independently, you know, as we've already noticed all show long, you know, with the cast and the crew, you have a fantastic cast here. Now, I guess, uh, starting starting the venture and being independent, uh, I guess, uh, what was that first step into getting Walt before Mickey once you obtained those rights uh, for the book and writing the script, and, uh, you know, how, how did you set that deadline? Well, I mean, we just kept pressing, you know, like we, we actually were writing the script and then in the meantime we just got the, the rights to the book and, and, you know, we did a casting and John Heater came twice. He loved the project so much, he wanted to do it. And everybody started, you know, following. We got Yael Kell, we got David Henry, we got Taylor Gray, we got Thomas Ann Nichols. And, uh, everybody just, you know, started coming. Hunter Gomez. <laughs> well, you know, and with that, you oh, know, with, with all... Oh, you know what? Here, here, here's Thomas right now. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Good, how about yourself? Great. You know, for all of our listeners out there, we have none other than Thomas Ian Nichols here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, uh, you know, it is our pleasure. I mean, you know, everybody knows you as the, uh, you know, the fun, loving, I guess, American Pie franchise guy. And now here we are, uh, you know, bringing you on board. And now you go from being from American Pie to being an American icon. How does that happen? Uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of perseverance, which I think is the uh, main part of my personality that um, I'm bringing to the performance of Walt, because that's certainly something that he had, and that's what we're going to show. 
in the early part of his career. Definitely. Now, I guess with this film, you know, we were just talking with a variety of different people here, and, you know, the show is just full of everybody here. And Walt Before Mickey is a fantastic story. And, you know, the whole time, I was just curious, who is going to play Walt? You know, he's been covered in books, he's been covered all over, most recently by Tom Hanks, and now a young Walt, which is a Walt that I personally just really love the story and the backstory of how it came to be. Um, I guess what got you involved with this when you were approached with it and um, how leery were you saying, uh, you know, know, you're portraying Walt Disney. I mean, that's a big role. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wanted to first interject and say for any of the younger listeners out there that uh, American Pie is a little uh, above their uh, age bracket, Rookie of the Year. Is a nice, friendly kids' film um, <laughs> that maybe they've seen where I played Henry Rohnberger. Anyway, I digress. Um, when I first uh, heard that I had the opportunity to portray Walt Disney in a film about the early part of his career, I have to say that I, I had no idea about the early part of his career. And I think that outside of anyone that has, uh, has read the recent Walt Before Mickey book, um, I don't know that too many people were that aware of it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I've, I've been, uh, a fan of his, uh, of his lineage, uh, for, since, since I was eight months old, which was my first trip to Disneyland. <laughs> um, not to mention all of the, uh, the characters that have been created, uh, by Walt as well as the, uh, the company that he started. So I guess, I don't know, maybe, Call me foolhardy, but I was I was thrilled at the opportunity. And one of the things that I focused on is, look, no one is going to be Walt Disney better than Walt Disney. So the only thing I'm trying to encapsulate in the role is his his core, his passion, his vision, uh, and like I said before, his perseverance, which is you know just every opportunity being met with. Uh, preparation and getting back up again after he falls down with with some of the early failures in his business ventures and, you know, starting his first studios. Definitely, you know, and like you said, you know, it is one of those things where it is a journey, you know, getting up and getting knocked down and trying again and, um, you know, I guess approaching Walt, like you said, maybe not many people know the entire history or back history of Walt Disney and, you know, you've been a part of a lot of Disney productions even, you know, with uh, Kid and King Arthur's Court and some other ones there. Um, I guess with this uh, earlier years of Walt and reading the book and, you know, coming on set, with that said, um, with it being a period piece and being on set, are there any scenes so far uh, that you can let us in on that are some of your favorite that you portrayed so far? Well, you know, I think my favorite part about this story is just the hope that it gave me as a, as a person when I read it. And I hope to just do the same uh, in my portrayal to inspire people because it's, it's been certainly, you know, 27 years of acting for myself. Um, I definitely abide by the, the rule of thumb of never give up. And I, I try to pass that along and that ideology, uh, whenever possible. Um, so any of the scenes that, that sort of represent that are, are my favorite. And I'm, I'm trying to think of, of something in particular because I've been doing so much research to prepare for this role. I'm sort of bombarded buy all of it to be able to pick out a favorite moment so far and we're only a few days into filming. Well, you know, and with doing the research and, you know, and all that kind of fun stuff, are you doing a lot of looking back at uh, Walt Disney of all eras to, you know, watching him on screen or anything like that? Or are you st- sticking strictly with just Walt before Mickey Mouse and doing that kind of research? Um, 
sorry. The Arthur was one of the producers was was uh, was referring. He said my favorite moment was the scene with uh, with him. Uh, I'm totally calling him out right now. And while you're talking to me and asking me a question, he's saying this. So um, yeah, I'm selling you. I'm selling you down the river, Arthur. Sorry. I'm, you're going to have to ask me that question again. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, leave, leave it to the writers and the producers to, to you know, jump in the middle of things at any moment. Uh, of course. Well, they've got their hands in everything, so why not? <laughs> uh, you know, what we were saying is, you know, were you preparing anything with Walt Disney just staying with Walt before Mickey? Or were you looking at, you know, all of Walt's performances or anything, um, you know, with him on film and whatnot, just in general preparing for Walt Disney the man? Well... I, I certainly saw uh, and appreciated and, and was, you know, uh, very impressed by Tom Hanks' portrayal of Walt Disney in uh, the recent film. And it was as I watched that one that I realized um, that's the Walt that I grew up with. Um, which, you know, Tom Hanks had a, a, a much, a much, uh, a much larger responsibility to be, you know, the version of Walt that we all know and love which is, you know, Walt after he succeeded. You know, I, I, I remember watching, you know, Walt introduce, uh, you know, like obviously reruns and things, but would introduce the cartoons and, and all those, those things. What I, what I remember, the, uh, the blue uh, cardigan that he would wear. Um, and because I had watched so much Winnie the Pooh when I was a kid, and there was, you know, <laughs> some of those introductions. Um, I had this vision, vivid memory of that. And for me, I, I watched in the research, I, I watched a bunch of old uh, footage, like home movie footage that's a part of the uh, Walt Disney Museum that Diane Disney Miller, his daughter, had put together before she passed away. And um, in that, I saw a different version of, 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 you know, a younger, more animated Walt. And it was in that that I realized that we've never seen how he was with his family, you know, outside of when he wasn't in front of a camera, when he wasn't, you know, giving us the, the uh, so-called actor version. Um, so that was that became my focus, was just to to bring that part of him to life. Because we're all different. I, for myself especially, I've been acting for 27 years. Yes, I'm honest when I'm in front of the camera doing an interview, I'm honest with you right now. But I certainly am not, you know, the same person when, you know, I'm at home playing, you know, with... with, uh, with with Disney toys with my two-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I was going to say, I think we can all relate to that. You know, it's uh, I'm sitting here talking to you, and I guess you could call it the radio voice, and, and entirely different than when I have my kids jumping on my back, laying on the floor. Right, right. So it was it was with that in mind that I didn't want to I didn't want to take the persona that we we saw in front of the camera and try to translate to that with the heartfelt conversation with you know, Roy Disney played by, by John Heater. Um, so I just focused more on the intent of, of Walt in those early years and what would drive him forward to, to, you know, to have that vision so early on and, I mean, and do so much at a, a young age and so many innovative things when he was, you know, merely 19 and 20 years old and it was so interesting to me that he had lied about his age just so he could join the Red Cross because it was too late to join the army. You know, <laughs> these are things that, uh, that are very, uh, I mean, look, as an actor, it's always great when you get to portray someone that is a real person because all the homework's done for you. You just have to read it <laughs> as opposed to, a, you know, a, a fictitious character 
or you have to fill in all those blanks. Definitely. You know, and like you said, you know, keeping it as a real person. This is before, you know, Walt uh, being the portrayed Uncle Walt that we all know and, you know, making it, hey, this is a struggling person as we all have in our lives. You know, the story of getting up, getting knocked down, getting up again, you know, going, uh, joining the Red Cross, lying about his age, starting a company. Now, I guess, you know, when you came on board with this, uh, I'm, I'm taking it for granted you've read the book um, and all that kind of fun stuff and really did your research. Now, um, is there any moment, uh, I guess, in this script that, you know, even if you haven't filmed it yet, is there any moment that you can let us in on that you think is going to be just uh, the best moment in the entire film that uh, you're going to be part of? Wow. The, the best moment of the entire film. <laughs> um, that's a that's a hard question, and I'd love to revisit it after it's finished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as you know, I, I have I have read the book. Uh, granted, I think you know I jumped around a bit, um, you know, just in my in my research and and found myself focusing on 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 some things more than others. Um, so I, do, I certainly read the book with a, a, a vastly different point of view, knowing that I was going to be portraying Walt Disney on screen. Um, as far as the the fantastic moments, I'm, like again, I'm spinning through in my mind uh, all these all these things, and uh, you know, certainly there's there's you know near the end there's the creation of of Mickey, and and I think you know to me. The, the most fantastic moment is is probably the lowest point in the film, and and that's when after he's uh, you know started and failed at three um, beginnings of, of beginning his studio work and and had some success, but essentially didn't plan it right because he wanted to make it bigger and better than it was budgeted to be, but he was always putting his best foot forward when it came to the quality of his work. And so he ends up literally broke, evicted from his apartment, the, a padlock on the offices, you know, creditors coming after him for bankruptcy, and he doesn't have a dollar to his name, and he literally is living on the street. And his brother implores him to come to, to California where at the time he was uh, recovering from PV in a VA hospital um, and he says I, I, I can't even afford that and it was Ub Iwerks who gives him a camera which I'm pretty sure he probably had to sell to buy the train ticket um, so there he is with nothing having to sell the one thing that could you know potentially get him out just so he could get to his brother and, and that's where he finds his new inspiration and miraculously does it all again. But the moment, I think, when we see this this icon that we know and love down in the dumps quite literally, um, I think it's going to be pretty powerful. Well, you know, and I think the kind of thing is, uh, you know, with a story like this, like you said, it's, it's one of those that's going to give you inspiration. It's going to give you hope. And, you know, being part of a story where, you know, the book is the only book of young Walt that was endorsed by his daughter. Um, I guess with that and, you know, getting out and, you know, portraying this whole thing, keeping with the magic. And I guess with all the Disney things, you know, being a Disney fan, I'm guessing you've been a fan your whole life. Is there any, uh, one Disney movie that has been your favorite? throughout your entire life? Well, yes. <laughs> of course. Uh, I mean, I certainly had, I, I love 
a lot of them, and I, you know, loved the different ones when I was a child. But the first one that my wife and I played for our son, uh, who again is only two years old, is Mary Poppins, um, which is, you know, Walt's opus. Um, and my son, probably in the last two or three weeks, has seen that film at least 25 times and sings, I kid you not, every single song in the movie. <laughs> um, I mean, to the point where, you know, I've got a two-year-old singing Let's Go Fly up in the atmosphere. You know, you've got a three-syllable word at two. <laughs> well, we all have, I was going to say, we all have those moments, uh, you know, like that. And for you, you know, like you said, you know, being a favorite and being a parent, it, it just has to feel great, you know, seeing the magic in his eyes as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, when, when my son, you know, wakes up in the morning and, and he says, you know, can we watch Mary Poppins? <laughs> he, he also, of course, will sometimes, you know, ask for some of the later films that, that were made with Pixar, like Cars and Cars 2. And, uh, and I'll ask for the characters by name. Uh, it just, you know, look, there, there's so many great films. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to slowly introduce them to my son. I think if he know if he knew just how many Disney films there were, he wouldn't want to do anything else but watch them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with that, you know, we know you guys are busy. You're on set. You're doing a lot of great things here. I guess uh, a few more questions here with Walt before Mickey. Working on a period piece, um, uh, you know, and a bi- uh, biography here, is a period piece something that you really enjoy doing? Because I just think it's an absolute blast being able to, you know, transport into time here. And, you know, when we were talking with John, we were talking about, uh, you know, how uh, people are using their iPhones and everything else while they're all dressed up in turn-of-the-century garb, I guess. Uh, was that something you really loved uh, visiting for this film? Well, I'm trying to, to think in particular if I have done a period piece outside of the King King Arthur's Court where I could essentially, had it been made now as opposed to 1995 before the existence of the iPhone, um, I essentially was in a period movie where I was using technology of, <laughs> of the current <laughs> time. Um, and outside of that, I don't think I've done a period piece. This might be the first. Well, so, uh, yeah, I think it is. Well, you know, and with that, I guess, uh, you know, we know you're busy, so we'll let you guys get back to what you need to do here. Um, is there any final lasting words for all your friends, fans out there, all the Thomas fans from all your films, Kids in King Arthur's Court, all the American Pie films, so many different things, and of course, Walt before Mickey, portraying everybody's favorite uh, Uncle Walt, who, you know, right here in the studio, I am looking at my one-of-a-kind Walt Disney autograph right now as we speak. Is there anything you want to leave out there um, for everybody who's anticipating this film and all of your fans? Well, I would just say that um, I hope I hope that this film, you know, helps uh, inspire more people. I just think it's so amazing that a, a man who created uh, such a legacy can once again uh, inspire people in a new way by us unveiling, you know, on screen the early part of his career. And it just, you know, it just goes to show that um, we should never give up definitely well it was our pleasure having you on and you know i am looking forward to this you know i guess you know besides uh the freezing winter temperatures here in our studios i'm looking forward to the summer so we can see this film <laughs> well same here thank you so much for having me on the show all right thanks a lot jim jiminy jim jiminy jim jim chiru i does what i likes and i likes what i do Hello, art lovers. 
Today I'm a screever, and as you can see, a screever's an artist of highest degree. And it's all me own work from my own memory. Chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, chiroo. I draws what I likes, and I likes what I drew. No remuneration do I ask of you, but me cap would be glad of a copper or two. Me cap would be glad of a copper or two. Chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, chiroo. La dum, da da dum, da 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 dum. Is in their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. One of the most exciting times of my life, my early life, was when Walt asked me to be his assistant at the, the Olympic Games at Squaw Valley, away. the Winter Olympics. And the job was to entertain the athletes and the officials in the athletes' village. This was not for the public. It was not a paid performance. It was a gratis performance by stars and entertainers and singers that we brought up from Hollywood. And every night, we had a small spectacular. We would have Roy Rogers and a bunch of cowboys staging a fight with stuntmen in a saloon that was made up on the stage. We would have uh, uh, singing uh, by uh, famous mu musical stars or Danny Kaye or fashion shows, and they were all flown up from Hollywood and flown back the next day, and I had a chance to live with Walt and his family and my wife, Lois, uh, for the several weeks that the uh, Winter Olympics occurred, and I got to know what a true family man Walt was, and sitting around talking about the problems of getting these shows done was one of the most educational and really inspiring times of my entire life to, to be working right with Walt and not seeing him daunted. This is Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri. You're listening to Disney On Demand. Hey, D-Heads, this is Ken from WaltzMusic.com. Once again, bringing you some Disney music history and trivia. This week, I'm going to take you back to the 60s when your parents were looking to buy some Disney music for you back in the 60s, they would be looking to buy some little golden records, which were records usually on a 45 or a 78 that were uh, actually little yellow wax records that they could put on their toy record players or even some uh, adult record players, and the kids could listen to their favorite Disney tunes. Uh, golden Records was a real popular record company back then, and they had some really wonderful sleeves uh, that had some very 
beautiful uh, artwork on it of uh, cartoon characters and and uh, they came out with all kinds of records not just uh, cartoons but his- history and and uh, popular songs uh, back then um, and if you went into a record store back then or even a department store that had a record shop sometimes the parents would go in and they would hear the music playing in the background and there might even be somebody narrating it well what I've got for you today is actually one of those records it was a demo record from 1960 and it was a demo record for Little Golden Records I'm not gonna play the whole album for you I'm gonna let you hear the introduction the ending and with a few clips in between uh, with some Disney songs wrapped around some other songs um, and then uh, one of the things that uh, is really cool to listen to is the last song is not a Disney song it's called I'm a Dotson and uh, I believe it was done by Paul Fries who was uh, a little bit later would do the voice of uh, Professor Ludwig von Drake and later on become the voice of the Haunted Mansion so I hope you enjoy this uh, compilation from the Little Golden Records demo record. Hi, this is Goldie the Golden Retriever from Golden Records, and here's my old pal, Huckleberry Hound. It's all aboard today, we're on a merry way with Huckleberry Hound. Come on and join the fun, there's room for Old Huck is on LP-51 and LP-55 on sale in this store. Now, let's howl along with Huckleberry Hound. You're a grand old flag, you're a high flag. Hold it, hold it. Flag and forever in peace may be. Get ready to turn the plate. You're the emblem of the <laughs> That Huck. And then there are these popular songs on LP-13, EP-541, and Little Golden Records, 606, 607, and 612. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. We hear he is a whiz of a whiz, if ever a whiz there was. If ever, oh, ever a whiz there was, the wizard of Oz is one because... Because, 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 because... All of the stories I know of the West The one that I tell is the one I like best About such a hero, a writer of wrong The one and only El Cabong Who's got the sweetest disposition? One guess, guess who? Who never, never starts an argument? Who never shows a bit of temperament? Who's never Say, don't you just love Gilbert and Sullivan music? Well, listen to this one on Golden Little number 597. We sail the ocean blue And our tall sea ships of beauty We're sober men and true And attentive to our duty when the balls whistle free or the bright blue sea, we stand to a gun all day. When at anchor we ride on the Portsmouth Tide, with plenty of time for play. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy the balls whistle free. Ahoy, ahoy, for the bright blue sea, we stand to a gun, to a gun all day. We sail the ocean blue and the soft sea ships of beauty. We're sober men and true and attentive. Our saucy 
ships of beauty, we're attentive to our duty. We're sober men and true, we sail the ocean blue. This and all the Gilbert and Sullivan favorites are also available in this store on LP and some wonderful Walt Disney song hits on LP2 and LP48. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. We're the seventh wharf, so we work in the mine. We dig all day and we like it fine. Hi-ho, hi-ho, all seven in a row. Hi-ho, hi-ho, we dig, 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 dig in a mine the whole day. Number one was very gay, and he built his house with hay. With a hay, hay toot, he blew on his flute, and he played around all day. Number two was fond of jigs, and so he built And on LP12, we have a golden treasury of Mother Goose and nursery songs. I'm a dog's hund, I'm a dog's hund, don't call me Dice. Don't call me the terrible name, I couldn't stand it. Pronounce the name, please, with the right kind of sound. I wouldn't come when you call me here at all, cause you see, I'm too doggy, long hund, I have doggy high. In spite of my more legs, I'm quick hund, I'm spry. You pretty fast, for a little bit of schnitzel, yeah. I'm a dog's hund, I'm a dog's hund, don't call me dice hound. Of course, I don't like that name, call me that for thing. I'm the dog with the body close down to the ground. <laughs> Am I close to the ground? I don't like it, but here I am. You could call me a dancer and call me a clown, but but I see a bad shot. <laughs> well, I guess I'd better go catch up with the gang. Now, don't forget... All these golden records are available in this store. So long now. Hey, D-Heads. When you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. And have a magical day. All right, all of you Disney fans, I'm back once again, and it has been one full show here this week as we're covering everything with Walt Before Mickey. You know, currently in production, one of those inside looks. You're going to actually hear a variety of different things. We've already had John on, who's playing Roy Disney. We just talked with Thomas, and we're back here once again with Arthur, you know, the executive writer and producer of the film Walt Before Mickey, and, uh, you know, segging back here, you know, back to the production end of things and all the different uh, storylines and great things. Now, with it being a period piece jumping right back into things uh, i guess how does that affect wardrobe and all that who's uh, behind all that to make sure we're covering all that oh god beverly safer and she, she did a, bobby jones a stroke of genius and she worked on a lot of the pirates of caribbean movies 
I mean, all the road, the costumes are great. Everything looks superb. Definitely. You know, it's very, very realistic. Now, I guess, as I was going to say, when it comes to, uh, you know, a lot of great things with a period piece, it really has to, you know, nail down that era. I mean, to the T. And one of those has to be, uh, you know, automotives and cars. Come on, seeing the vintage cars has to be a treat. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we had a 1913 car. We had a 1925 Ford, a 1921 Buick. I mean, it's, it's just it's amazing what, what we'll see on set. And when you guys see the picture, you're going to be like, wow, it's unbelievable. Now, uh, I guess when it comes to this, too, you know, with with it being a period piece, I guess, uh, with it being in production right now and being an independent film, I guess, how hard is it to get everything back to that era? I mean, is there a little nugget in time that you found there, or did you build a lot of the sets? Yeah, we built a lot of sets. You know, it's funny because, you know, we're shooting in Deland, Florida, and uh, we got to make it look like Kansas City and Los Angeles. So there's a lot of tricks that are that are being done on on this movie. And we've got to make sure that everybody shows up at the same time. And, you know, there's a lot of coordination that's going on. Definitely. And of course, because it is an independent movie, you got to keep the budget on time as well. <laughs> now, I guess with it being, uh, uh, you know, being an independent film and filming in Florida like that and having to, you know, make it give the illusion of time, era, and different places, um, you know, is... Uh, you going to film on location to any of the other places as well, like in Illinois with Walt's original home or any of those exterior shots that you might be able to fit into the film? I don't, I don't think we are. I think we're going to just do it right here. We may. I mean, we may do some pickup shots there. It depends. Well, I guess uh, with continuing on... Because no. we have a really great art department, and they can really build anything. They can make you feel like you're in the White House if you really wanted to be. <laughs> well, that that would be something, you know. <laughs> um, I guess with uh, Walt before Mickey, you know, we know you're busy, a lot of different things going on here. Um, you know, on the set, all the cast, all the crew, I guess, getting everybody involved with this, is this kind of like a dream come true for you, just, you know, being able to bring this into production? And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Cinderella story, being an independent film. I mean, I... Th- I think the hype for this and the excitement for this, you know, within the Disney community is going to be huge. I mean, Saving Mr. Banks was a great film, and that's everybody's lovable Uncle Walt. But now this is the Walt Disney that, you know, how he became who he is. Um, uh, Is this something that, you know, you're still kind of pinching yourself every day about? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I want to, you know, I want everything that's on paper and everything that, you know, I originally wrote the script with my partner, it was 159 pages, and we had to condense it down to 113. And of course, you know, as a writer and also the executive producer, you just want everything in there because you want everybody to be happy. But you know, of course, you know, time is money, and you know, you got to make sure that everything you know fits. So you can't have like a four-hour, five-hour movie, even though everything about this guy's life is very intriguing. But um, I was, you know, that was the that was a lot of the that was the tricky part, you know, just condensing it down, keeping it tight. You know, do it the way he would do it. Definitely. You know, and I guess uh, with that, you know, keeping everything on time and everything on schedule, I guess uh, with that, you know, we're looking for a possible summer release if that stays on track, correct? Correct. So now I guess with that, uh, are we going to have a a wonderful, great red carpet event? I mean, I guess uh, what are we looking for here? Because, you know, I am really excited for this film. And like I said, many of our listeners out there are probably just as excited. I mean, we're we're looking to please the fans and and, and promoting 
promoting wherever we go. <laughs> In fact, we invite everybody to come down to Land Florida and check us out. You're more than welcome to come on set. We have no, you know, we, we, we encourage people because this guy is a dreamer and, and we want people's dreams to come true. And it's just fun to, you know, watch what's going on. Like the other night, we had a big um, premiere at one Athens Theater and it was all lit up and there was like an old time 1925 uh, car outside and lights. We had about over 300 people just looking in. Same thing at the college. So, just gotta make it fun. Definitely. Well, we like, to embrace, we like to embrace the town as well. You know, we have a lot of local vendors. They come, they come in and they're enjoying this, you know, like it's like a big time production for them. Well, definitely, you know, and filming in Florida like that, this is a location that, uh, you know, is slightly different than, you know, heading, you know, into California or New York or any of the major locations that people are used to filming in. So this has to be something that's unique, fun, and big for that area. Oh, yeah. By, by far. Just, you know, it's, it, it's actually a nice breath of fresh air because, you know, our, our goal is to, to bring a... Film, films to South Florida and all over Florida just to embrace everybody. You know, why Why have to go out to L.A. or, you know, or New York when we have all our resources right here? I mean, we have Disney World, we have Universal Studios, we have everything, you know, we have Miami, South Beach, Tallahassee. Definitely, you know, and it's all right there. So, you know, why not have more productions like this? And I, I think with the reception you're going to have from Walt before Mickey, I definitely see a lot more coming in your future in that area as well. Oh, exactly. I even want to bring it to my hometown in Palm Beach and just get it get it going. <laughs> just my, do some filming on the island. Definitely. Get them there and race it. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you on, and I'm sure this isn't the last for uh, the show here this week because we have a lot of other people that are stopping in here, you know, from the set in production, Walt before Mickey, uh, executive writer and producer Arthur L. Bernstein here with us, and tale of Walt and Roy and the whole journey of how Walt began uh, is going to be coming to the big screen very soon. So thanks once again for stopping in, Arthur. Hey, thanks for having me. And I hope everybody enjoys the film. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities are Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. You eat ants? <laughs> you better believe it, and you're going to love the way they tickle. Bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease. We're just the bare necessities of life. Now when you pick a pawpaw or a prickly pear, and you prick a raw paw. Well, next time, beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try to use the claw. But you don't 
need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big paw paw. Have I given you a clue? Golly, thanks, Blue. <laughs> of all the silly gibberish. The bare necessities of life will come to you. But when? They'll come to you. This is really living. So just try and relax. Yeah. Cool it. Fall apart in my backyard. Cause let me tell you something, little bridges. You act like that me act. Uh-uh. You're working too hard. And don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found when you find out you can live without it and go along not thinking about it I'll tell you something true the bare necessities of life will come to you look for the bare necessities the simple bare necessities forget about your worries and your That's why a bear can rest at ease With just the bare necessities of life Yeah, with just the bare necessities of life It's Disney Blues Disney On Demand Ooh, I thought you were dead With your host, Jonathan Johnson What? My dad gave it to me it shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you Disney fans, so I'm back once again, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. We had all kinds of fun, and I want to extend a very special thank you to the executive producer, the writer, Arthur L. Bernstein, and also John Heater and Thomas Ian Nicholas, all being part of Walt Before Mickey. Thank you once again for stopping in all show long, live from the set in production. And for all of you D-heads out there, definitely check out their previous material with Napoleon Dynamite, Blades of Glory, A Kid in King Arthur's Court, Rookie of the Year, and many other projects. And of course, coming up, Walt Before Mickey this summer. Thank you guys once again for stopping in, and I look forward to seeing this film. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, Aaron, Lexi, Paige, and Ken, all for stopping in here this week. If it wasn't for the D-Team, you guys would have to listen to me ramble every single week, show in and show out. So thank you, D-Team, and remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com. Connect up with them, shoot them an email, and connect up with everybody that's involved here at the show. Now, all of you D-Heads, before I let you know who's going to 
to stop in here next week, and we have a fun show lined up next week. I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete list of archives, and more right there on our website. And once again, that's DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Pinterest, AOL Instant Messenger, Skype, Instagram, and more. Just search Disney Blue, B-L-U, or Diz Radio. And you can find all these links right there on our homepage of our website. So, all of you D-heads, with all of that out of the way, we have had one big show here this week. Slightly different show, but one big show. Now, next week, for show number 63, we're taking you to a blast from the past. We're going to make it a little bit of an awkward, goofy moment because we have none other than Jenna Von Oy stopping in here at the show. That's right, you may know her as Six from the TV show Blossom. You may also know her as Stacy from a Goofy movie or maybe from Pepper Ann and many other classics. And Jenna's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things from doing voice work, being part of these Disney classics, television shows, and more. And just what is she doing now? So gear up, all of you D-heads, for show number 63 next week. So, since we're running along here this week, it's been slightly a different kind of show, I will just say. Never neglect family for business. Thank you for all the birthday wishes all over Facebook and everywhere else, all of you D-heads. It truly was appreciated, and I will catch you next week or online. Welcome back to the bobsledding venue for this, the last day of competition. It's medal time, and John, the top six teams are separated by only half a second, so it's very close. And that's been predictable. I didn't expect to see you here. Well, my dear, we've got a team in the Olympics, don't we? astonishing is the Jamaicans. They still have a chance to win an Olympic medal. Everybody shut up. My boys on TV. And you're not the only one to get excited about that. I think the fans here have an extreme case of Jamaican fever. Oh, so do I. No, 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 no. So do we. Do I have to tell you whose turn it is now? Jamaica. Respect. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.